0: So Welcome back to The Expert Edge. Uh, Today, I get to have an amazing conversation with a woman called Diana Gintu. Now, what's cool about her journey in her life is, first of all, she's coached like thousands of people. She's a professional counselor, a coach. She's been a coach for many years. And one of her specializations is is really removing and moving through emotional trauma, moving through emotional blocks. Now, I know that, you know, in everyone's life, including my own, you're going to have emotional blocks that stop you going to a next level. And in fact, for me, I notice that it's not necessarily just the strategy that's really stopping people. It's actually the emotions that come up when they try to use a new strategy or try to break through to another level, right? Have you noticed that when you're trying to push to another level? Well, in today's conversation, we unpack what Diana calls her heal process. And it's this really beautiful four-step process where you can identify emotions that are holding you back and resolve them, move through them. Like it's a really specific process that she has created herself. And so make sure to uh, take a listen to this podcast. I know that if you've got anything that's holding you back emotionally This process is going to help to start to really resolve that and help you to move through to another level. So if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure to hit the follow button on your podcast. And if you really enjoy this podcast, please leave a written review, especially if you're on iTunes, leave a written review, take a screenshot and send it to me in my DMs. And I will send you over a course that we normally sell for $197. I'll give it to you completely for free. And so just as a as a thank you present for being a listener of the Expert Edge. And so today's a great conversation. Uh, let's get into this conversation about removing emotional blocks with Diana Gintu. You are
1: listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boyd.
0: Diana Gintu, welcome to the Expert Edge. Thank you. Hey, I'm excited to have you here uh, to have this conversation about emotional resilience. And I think that this topic is such an important topic when it comes to being a business owner, being a leader, uh, being a parent. Uh, This idea of emotional resilience is so, so important. So just for the listeners, can you introduce yourself in terms of like um, your background and why you got obsessed about the idea of emotional resilience, emotions, removing emotional blocks, all of that kind of area?
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my name uh, is Diana and I have been working with female leaders, women, um, helping them really restore their relationship with themselves through really improving their emotional um, bank account is what I call it, right? Really strengthening that emotional resilience. And I, my background is as a licensed professional counselor. So I've been a counselor for over 20 years. Uh, I moved into the coaching space for about 12 years ago. Um, Love it, I'm staying here. Uh, But yeah, I think it's just obviously, my own personal story of overcoming my own trauma, and how that has affected me as a business owner, as a mom, as a wife, as all of the above, right? So um, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with the topic.
0: Mm. In terms of emotional resilience, can you define to me how you see, like, what it what is it? And, and, and how, how do people start to develop it? Let's kind of look at this topic.
1: Yeah, so for me, it's about really learning how to effectively manage through emotions. And I think a lot of us are not taught how to even feel emotions. For the most part, a lot of us don't even know how to like identify what we're feeling, identify the impact of things, or even communicate what is happening within us. And so a lot of times what that results is in emotional clutter. We start collecting all these experiences, all these stories, and we start having our our own little bank account of trauma and hardship and not knowing what to do with it.
0: So uh, I'm assuming that, I mean, everyone obviously has their own, they're building their own bank account of emotional traumas as as they grow up. Some people have big, big traumas. Some people have smaller traumas, Um, but I think everyone has some sort of, you know, trauma. So it's not it's not um, kind of unique to have that. I'm curious about what for you have, has been a way that you've found to start to use traumas or work through traumas so that they don't hold you back. They actually help you to move forward.
1: So I have a four-part process that I take, that I have, you know, created in my own and now teach my clients called the HEAL process, H-E-A-L. And the first step is honoring your pain. And I think for me, what I realized when I hit sort of like that aha moment was that I had never really stopped to honor my experiences. It was like, there's this mentality of like, you know, push through, be strong. Uh, You know, I'm a Latina. So I grew up very poor, very like, we got to get out of this. We got to survive. And so when I, everything that happened to me, I always had this um, sort of belief that you had to push through, Mm -hmm. that you had to be strong. And if you wanted to make it to the other side, you just kind of had to just suck it up. And, it wasn't until I really started to do some inner work that I realized that I had never taken the time to honor and sit in my emotions. And because of that, I was carrying around a lot of distortion, a lot of distortion around what those emotions meant. And that was really sabotaging how I showed up in my business, how I showed up in relationships, and even just how I showed up in my own relationship with myself.
0: Tell me about distortion. Um, I'm familiar with the topic, but like, can you give some examples of, of how people distort, uh, that and, and how that impacts them?
1: So I think a lot of times, uh, for example, um, recently I lost my mom and, uh, you know, there's a lot of sadness and grief over that. And I think for me, I'm so glad that I've done the work, because I can sit in that pain and it not mean that I'm weak, that it not mean that I am worth less or that I'm not strong enough, but I can really just sit and honor it. And actually through that process, I actually feel really close to my mom, even, you know, as she's passed. But I think that the distortion comes from those beliefs that we build around the emotion, right? The uh, it's wrong to feel that way. It's shameful to feel that way. Um, it, and we feel guilty and we're afraid of it. And so that's what I'm referring to the distortion is like all these negative judgments that we form.
0: Yeah, I can see how that can really stop you from honoring it, facing it, working through it. Um, so what what I'm hearing is, are you saying that like people like a wrong way of dealing with it is actually you know not not sitting in it not honoring it not kind of like really facing the reality of what you went through
1: right and i think a lot of times we might have a little taste of the feeling right like we allow obviously if it's especially if it's really big right we might have no choice but to feel the feeling in that in that situation but I think a lot of us, we race through it to get to the other side of the healing. Um, For example, when I lost my mom, I actually ended up taking six weeks off work. And really, that's everybody that I told that I was like not working at this time. They were almost shocked, like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Like, you know, I mean, they were and, and people came up to me and said, I wish I would have done it when I had lost, you know, their partner, or their parent or somebody close to them. But that's what I'm talking about is that I really did give myself the time to not get out of bed, to cry all day to not be there to service other people, and just really sat in what I needed to do. Um, and I think that was really fun- fundamental in where I am now in my journey, um, in that grief.
0: Well, I think even you just saying that, I think it's that's unlocked a lot of permission for people. That's it, so powerful. Um, and that's so true. You know, we live in such an achievement oriented fast-paced, instant world that it, it feels wrong to stop. Yeah. Have you found does. that with, with people like when you're working with them?
1: A hundred percent. There are so many times that when I start working with women, it that's exactly what they feel. Permission to feel it. Permission to feel the disappointment, the shame. And one of the things that I teach uh, my clients in that honoring your pain uh, part of the process is really allowing the emotion to peak because we actually cut it off before it peaks and because <laughs> it doesn't peak guess what it just gets stored in your body it gets stored in your mindset it gets stored in you know just the fabric of who you are and then five ten years later guess what it's here <laughs> it's it shows up in your life somehow and you go back and you think oh this is the reason why my business isn't doing well this is the reason why my marriage is struggling this you know all those things that happen uh when we collect emotional clutter
0: i love that i've never actually heard of, heard of it framed that way that like we don't allow the emotion to peak and i think about it's so fascinating i think about different experiences i've had in my past where i had pain and And a facilitator allowed me to actually feel the pain fully and to, and to experience it. It's amazing how like it, it, first of all, it's never as scary as like you think it's going to be. Yeah. And then it's actually very liberating. And then, and then like you feel it and really move through it. And then it actually like dissolves almost naturally.
1: Yeah, because we allow it to peak. Right. And then it's like it just works itself out. And in the end, you have like this huge just release from it, emotional release. And it feels so much better than you ever thought. But most of us really do not. We're. One, we're not taught how to do that. I mean, most of our role models are, aren't really teaching us how to work through our emotions, right? I know as a parent, I um, I have to be really aware of when I tell my kids, like, "What's the big deal? Don't worry about it. You know, it's going to be okay." Those kind of messages are all about saying. Don't feel the emotion. That's the message we're teaching. And that's what we have been taught ourselves. And so honoring your pain and allowing it to peak is is really liberating because most of us have don't have a practice of it. Hmm.
0: Wow. So you can see this in application with your kids as well. Um, I, I actually recently, I know I'm kind of reflecting on my own experiences, <laughs> but like I recently did an exercise where the facilitator was like, um, someone was going to share something that was like their 2%. It was the 2% that they wouldn't share with the rest of their world, right? They had to yeah. share their 2%. So it was kind of a little bit yeah. Very vulnerable. Yeah, and They would share it. And all you could say was, I acknowledge that what that makes me feel is this. And you say the feeling that it makes you feel when they share that. Right. Um. And it was, and you couldn't offer any solutions. No, like, oh, these are the next steps that you can do. Kind of thing. It was just a just <laughs> sit in the feeling and allow that feeling to be there. Um. Is that kind of what 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 you're talking about? I know you've got your own processes, but is that
1: yeah, of- very similar? It really is about being comfortable with the discomfort of it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're uncomfortable is because we don't practice it you know, this is why we're uncomfortable. But actually, like I said, going through this grieving with my mom, it has allowed me to experience trauma in a place where I am so much further along in my healing journey in general. And it's so much different dealing with this trauma now than it was maybe dealing with the trauma that happened 10, 15 years ago. Because I can sit in it and not be afraid of it and really just honor it. And, um, again, I feel that where I'm at today, it really just has all, all to do with me allowing myself to honor that deep grief and loss and coming on the other side, feeling just, just more peaceful.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, take us through it. So it's like even just at a high level, this heal process um, that you talked about, so the the H is honor your pain. The E is.
1: The E is examine your thoughts. And what I was referring to earlier about all we have judgments about the pain, right? And so in the E part of the process is really coming aware of what are you telling yourself about this emotion that's really not serving you. So examining your thoughts, and this is where we do a lot of like deep dive into those family systems, those generational wounds, those things that, people really are holding on like I am blank, you know, like they, this is an identity for them, right? Those thoughts. um, And so really it's about examining your mindset and diving deep into more of like how your family dealt with trauma and emotion versus just regular mindset, if that makes sense. Um, And then we go to the A and this is where we affirm a new truth. And we really go into more of tapping into what were some of the things that you naturally want to feel you naturally want to believe about this feeling this trauma but the judgments have clouded it right Mm. um and you giving yourself permission to really affirm a new truth for yourself
0: Mm, that's beautiful and so um yeah i think this whole like examining your thoughts so it sounds like um you know it's like unless you like unravel or get clarity on those thoughts, you can't actually even move through the emotion,
1: right? You can't, because it's like a rubber band, (laughs) you will come back to it the next time you feel it, right? It's you really have to unpack what's at the core of this judgment, right? What's at the core of it? Because if you don't untap it, it's all surface work, you know, and you're going to Just continue to just go on with life. And again, it might serve you when things are going good, right? Because we all can sit in happiness and joy (laughs) with no problem. But when something starts to go bad, you have a failure, you have a rejection, you have something that triggers an old story for you. I always like to tell people, it's like you have a filing cabinet, right, in your brain and there's folders for those emotions based on experiences, right? There's your embarrassment folder, there's your, you know, depressed, all this stuff. And if you get triggered, that folder, if you don't process it and you don't know how to deal with that emotion, it spills open and that's when it creates all this chaos.
0: It's so true. So it's like everyone has those folders, right? We're all going- Everyone has Embarrassment, shame, like Whatever the folder is, right? We've right. all got these folders, but but it's like if we don't learn to work through them, the fo- like I can I have this visual picture of like those filing cabinets that just have <laughs> all the folders like coming out of them. It's just it's you know it's mayhem. They're hanging out the side, and it's right. and it's all disorganized, disorientated. That's a that's a really cool that's a really cool visual. Um, so yeah, so examining your thoughts, really getting clear on like, what's blocking you, what's stopping you from moving through this. What are your, the old beliefs you had, um, right. those resistances. And then, and then this idea of like affirming a new truth. Uh, I really love that from, um, you know, doing that. And I'm, I'm assuming that it's not just like saying a sentence, like I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Like, I love that, but I, I, I know that this there's like more to it as well. So um, talk to me about what are some of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to like, like they're trying to move out of their emotion and they try or, you know, move out of it. That's probably one of the mistakes. is that they're trying to like move through it fast and so that they can get to a result. What are some of the mistakes that people make in some of these steps?
1: so I am a huge affirmation girl. Okay. So if you look at my desk right now that I'm facing, there's tons of affirmations. My mirror has them everywhere. Okay. But one of the biggest mistakes they do is they just focus on affirmations. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. Everything's working for me. You'll hear people saying that, but I'm like, have you dealt with like the weeds in the garden, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're just using affirmations with no inner work into the roots um, there, they don't work. They make you feel good for those 30 seconds that you say them, but then you go into your day into the chaos. Hmm. So that's the biggest mistake that I see is that a lot, of, there's a lot of push to be positive and I'm all for positive. Like, yes. Queen, you could do it, but at the same time, if that's all you're doing, then it's not going to really be long-lasting.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, like that that metaphor of, you know, you've got this pile of poo, and you basically put whipped cream on it, and it's <laughs> yeah. still a pile of poo, even exactly. if you've got, got whipped cream on it.
1: Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: What else? What are what are some what are some other mistakes that people make when it comes to you know, like trying to work through this stuff, work through their emotions.
1: So let me go the opposite direction. And that is the other mistake is being stuck in the emotion where you can't move past it. And I see this a lot of times where, you know, there's a need for justice, right? Because of this, you know, something that happened and you get really stuck in sort of that advocating, but almost toxic, right? Where that's all you talk about is, you know, you want this to be solved. And I think a lot of times we can get hyper-focused on that pain and almost recreate it. And what I mean by this is our brain doesn't know the the difference between something that happened 15 years ago and something that's happening today. If we recall it and bring it into our awareness, our brain, body will react to it right like if we were to go through a visualization right now of us at the beach we would probably start smiling and our body would get warm and we were already saying i'm already saying it diana (laughs) (laughs) we're already at the beach right so that's what happens imagine if you continually tell your trauma story and when i say trauma i'm usually i'm using the term loosely like it could be something trauma for me could not doesn't necessarily mean trauma for you. it could be something that really impacted me negatively, right so um but if we're constantly talking to our friend about it and then we go and we talk to our other friend about it and then we're like posting it on Facebook about it, like we're always just fixated on that, then we actually are not honoring our pain. we're actually just stuck in the pain
0: mm. so right, so it's. It... Talk to me about trauma as a as a and we'll get to the L soon, but talk to me about trauma at a higher level from the sense of what are some, you know, and obviously you don't have to go into details, but what are some like typical traumas that, you know, people are kind of working through or that would and how it would affect them showing up in their in their business or their life or growing who they are, et cetera? Like what are some things that that you see, obviously you've spoken and, and counseled thousands of people over the years. Um, like what, what do you notice as being people who really get like the types of traumas that they go through? And then like some people who really work through them and they, they use them for their advantage and some people who don't work through them and they, and it becomes, and it's like the same trauma, but like, what are some stuff that you see coming out from people and then how they've dealt with it positive or negatively?
1: So, um, you know, obviously I I do work with people that have deep trauma, for example, like domestic violence, sexual abuse, uh, spousal, you know, things like that. Childhood neglect is one that I see a lot. So some of that, those obviously those are things that we hear widely about, right? Those traumas that immediately there we recognize as traumas. But we also have the others, the other um, kind of trauma, for example, a, a very critical parent could be a trauma uh, it a lot of instability in the home you know a very critical teacher or mentor you know family member grandparent anything like that um and also we even see i have i even see people that have trauma more later in life like in their marriages you know where they just didn't feel loved and supported um, and then at work, maybe having like a very toxic boss, right. That, you know, leads to you feeling worthless and insecure. So, um, I think at the core of trauma is that it changes the way you see yourself. It change, It makes an impact. It is such an intense emotional reaction that it changes or shifts the way you perceive your own self. And it creates like a crack,
0: you know? I remember for me, my first corporate job coming out of college. Uh, I landed like a marketing job and I was like a marketing assistant. And I was really bad at the job. Like like I wasn't great. Um, if I look back now, I'm like, gosh, I'm surprised I last that long lasted that long. I was there for about a year. But I remember my boss was like, yeah, incredibly critical, um, like really scary. And um And I just felt like so unsafe at work. And I definitely know that the environment affected how I performed because I was just like going fully internal. I wasn't speaking what I wanted to share. I wasn't expressive. Like I just wasn't my full self at all. And, uh, and, but I remember for me, I I remember I quit right before I was about to get fired basically. Cause I had like, I'd had like two warnings and I'm like, (laughs) I'm about to get fired. So I quit. But I remember like, I truly felt like I had destroyed my corporate career. I'm like, and this was when, I mean, I didn't even know I was going to be an entrepreneur. I had no plans on being an entrepreneur. Uh, And, and I was, you know, I was probably 24, maybe 25 years old. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I've destroyed my whole career, you know, like, like, I'm going to get a bad reference forever. I'm going to like all that sort of stuff. And I actually had a lot of um, like trigger around just going into a workplace, like so much trigger. Like every time I would get asked to speak at a meeting or share a thought, I, I would literally start like hyperventilating or go into like a, a like semi mini panic attack. Now it's so funny because I teach speaking now, but I'll, I would. I, <laughs> I was would just thinking. Yeah, I
1: was literally just thinking.
0: Yeah, I would literally go into like I remember feeling like these mini like panic attacks where I I couldn't <laughs> think straight all my saliva went you know i would start sweating i couldn't i was like oh my gosh i'm going to just like destroy this and actually i i was able to work through that trauma with the facilitator and um and for me i wouldn't call that like a big t trauma like it it was kind of like a career trauma but All it right. also like it really like was a was a block for me um and so i don't know why i'm sharing that it's more like that's what comes up for me as being one and i don't know if the listeners you know, as I share that, I wonder what their trauma is. I wonder what they've gone through. And obviously there's all different flavors of that. Um, But, but I know that first of all, first of all, I know that if you use a a proven process, you can move through that. You can move through it. It ends up becoming, I don't know, for me, it's become one of my most, my most cherished experiences because I wouldn't be running my business if it hadn't have happened. Like thank god like i'm so grateful that it happened but at the time it was bloody horrible um <laughs> exactly. so what, like do you see that happen with uh, uh, like i mean for me i feel like that's a good experience of working through it um and like what's kind of the result that you're looking for with someone when they're moving through a trauma or like what's the and obviously not everything's supposed to be used on a keynote or a workshop or you know oh. not everything's for that for that purpose but, but what for you is the goal for someone? Like, how would you know if they've become whole or they've, they've seen resolution or however you describe that?
1: You know, it really is coming back to that connection with themselves. And you start to see that they start to let go of the shame. They start to move into who they truly are. And it shows up differently for people. Like, I had this one client who came into me, she had a lot of unresolved trauma, just feeling not good enough and really was stuck in sort of this horrible, toxic burnout situation. And she realized like, it's time for me to deal with what's going on inside. Like I need to process it. And when we started to go through that heal process, giving herself permission to really honor those emotions. One of the things that for her that came out is that she started to really just own her body more right? Just like wear different clothes that she had never worn. And you know what? Our work was not related to her body. Like that was not at all what we were working on. But it's sort of like you start to just embrace who you are more, right? And for her, it was very obvious because she was like, I'm wearing short sleeve shirts. I haven't done that in two decades. Like I feel liberated. And it really was as a result of her working through those distortions right healing her pain and getting to really who she wants to be now somebody that feels free within herself so
0: i I love that it can it can outwork in so many other areas that you haven't kind of come for Uh, (laughs) that is just such a beautiful you know example i love that love that story um and talk to me about the l what's the l
1: So the L is letting it go. And you mentioned earlier, like you were able to go through that trauma and now come into full circle. Now you actually teach people how to speak, you know, on stages, right? That's literally what let go is, right? You let go of whatever happened, the distortion of you not being good enough, you know, all those things. Um, But, Here's the thing I want to really say about let go. A lot of times we get to stay, to step four and we just think, oh, we got to let it go, right? And some people get triggered, right? Because they're like, no, this was really bad. This, th- They feel like they need to be justified, right? Like they're not ready to let go. And so in this part, we really work on what does it mean to keep holding on to it? And what would it look like to release it and how and really painting a picture of what would it mean if you didn't carry that with you anymore? Mm-hmm. And for the client that I was just saying for her, it really meant just wearing short sleeve shirts. Right. And I and how freedom and I, you think. your listeners, you might think, well, how is that impactful? Well, guess what? She can go to the beach with her family. She can enjoy herself. Like there's so much freedom of really allowing herself to really come into joy. So letting go is all about moving that pain into purpose. Hmm. What's the purpose of us letting it go? And for, for my client, it was about really being more present with her family. How can I be more present with my family? If I wasn't holding on to these stories, to all these things that I'm just holding on so tightly, then I can be free to really step into who I want to be as a mom. Um, and she ended up leaving her toxic job and now has you know, her own business and you know she's living her best life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. Like that's kind of what it's all about. And I think about, I know I've had many different, Um, people talk about this idea of that, you know, the quality of your emotions is the quality of your life. Some people think that, oh, the quality of my life is the house I live in, or it's the, you know, the clothes I've got or the jobs I've got. No, it's the quality of how you feel on a, on a consistent basis. And so deal or not dealing with, or just being able to manage to work through, to have, um abilities to be able to resolve unresourceful emotions uh like I, I for me like this it has a direct correlation with the quality of your life would you have you seen that
1: a hundred percent I mean my clients when they first come there's so much chaos around their you know their business, their relationships their money, all that stuff, and when we you know they think that I always tell them so our work here is not going to be external. (laughs) It's (laughs) going to be internal. Okay. Uh, if you want like a business coach to help you with like logistics and strategy and all that, like I'm not the person for you. My work is internal. We're going to go in and we're going to clear out that emotional clutter. And I always like to use this analogy of, you know, when you're at the airport and you just have your bag and you, you just have like a carry on, right? Like your backpack, let's say, and you have to go from one gate to another and you just have your backpack. It's going to be super easy, right? No, no problem. Imagine if you were carrying all of your family's luggage. Mm-hmm. And you had to get from one gate to another. It'd be a lot more difficult. You would do it. but it would not be fun. Right. And so what I like to tell people is we're going to get let go of all that emotional baggage that you're carrying from your family, right. That you took on from all the past. And then you're just going to go and you're just going to have that little backpack now.
0: Mm, I love this. Now, Diana, I know that there's been such cool like processes and insights that people have had listening to you, even just in this short conversation, and I, I think this this heal process is just beautiful. And I know that you actually run programs and take people through this process and actually facilitate this to happen. and and i'm I'm such a big advocate of this because I think that you know if you don't if you don't work through these emotions, it's eventually going to block you i don't care how much strategy you have i don't care how many <laughs> insights you have business wise if you don't work through this stuff it's eventually going to block you at some level and so for me why not do this um in a more enjoyable fashion and actually walk into everything and an experience the entire life that you have and so i know you've got a gift for people um, which is the three secrets to removing emotional blocks. It's a, it's a, it's just a a free process, it's a download that they can get access to. We'll put the link in the show notes uh, directly underneath. So just if you just scroll down in the podcast, whatever you're listening to, or you go to the website. Um, on this episode, you'll be able to download that right away. And that's going to be up for a limited time that you can get access to. But are there any other final encouragements you would have or any anywhere else you would want people to reach out to, Diana, um, for them to connect with you?
1: Uh, yeah, they can reach out to me at dianagintospeaks.com, my website. There's an email there that you can email me or I'm always on, on the gram, the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so I know good. it's on, the, on your show notes. But one last thought is I always like to tell people, most of the people listening to your podcast are people that are serving other people, right? And my main thing that I want you to take away is that you must close the gap between what you give to others and what you give to yourself and if you can learn to do that then you're not going to get stuck in self sabotage
0: oh boom drop that nugget i love that diana uh, diana it's amazing having you in our world in my world i know that you've been involved in many of many of the programs and stuff that we run and, and it's just an honor having someone like you as a part of our community and i'm excited to for other people to move through your proven process to really resolve and 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 remove blocks in their emotions so that they can truly live free on the inside. So guys, definitely go and connect with Diana. If you've resonated with her, reach out to her directly on a website. We'll put that down below Um, and go and and download download this guide uh, because I think it's going to help you. Thanks for coming on the Expert Edge, Diana. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me, Colin. It's been fun. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.